This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to another edition of Hashtag Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Azali Abdul Aziz and I'm a correspondent on the ST Sports Desk. And on this episode, I have my colleague, ST Sports reporter, Laura Chia, who covered the Singapore Tennis Open on with me. Welcome, Laura. Hi, Saz. Glad to be here. Laura, you sound pretty happy. Was that down to the fact that you actually got to see some, uh, you know, pretty high-level tennis action over the weekend? Yes, I was actually really excited about it, like being able to go down to watch the semi-finals and the finals. And it's the first live international event that I've been to actually here. So that was a really good experience. Yeah, what, what was the experience um, of covering the Singapore Tennis Open, you know, like as a whole? Um, you mentioned the semi-finals and finals. You were only allowed to, or, or you were only able to cover uh, the last two days of action, right? And, and that's when it was also open uh, to spectators. Yeah, that's right. So um, uh, last Wednesday, organizers announced that 250 fans will be allowed uh, each day. So that was when I went down as well. Uh, the tickets were, went on sale at about 6 o'clock on Wednesday, but by the next day at 10 a.m., they were all sold out already. And all 250 people a day came down. So that was a pretty good sign. And they made it such that each party could only buy like a maximum of four tickets and attend only one day so that more people will be given a chance to attend the event. And, and in terms of your own experience covering the event, uh, what was different about, about it, you know, compared to maybe uh, working, um, you know, at, at a sports event before COVID, you know, did you have to um, come much earlier, so on, what, what kind of tests did you have to go through? Yeah, it was really different from previous events like before COVID because we all had to come a few hours earlier like in the morning to take the antigen rapid test. But that was okay because it was a really smooth process. And from the registration to taking a test to getting your results, I think everything took less than 30 minutes. So even after that, you could still walk around, have lunch before the matches started. And when I was in the arena itself, it was pretty different as well because... um. First, there was no mixed zone, so the post-match press conferences were still conducted virtually because we weren't allowed direct contact with the players. And uh, yeah, it was just good to be back in an arena with like a live audience and international event because I think like um, recently local leagues have resumed, but they have been mainly closed doors. So this was like a really good experience and it was just nice to be back again, um, like feeling like I was part of an audience, you know, like it wasn't just yeah. who was there. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. And I think uh, you mentioned the antigen rapid test. I, I, I think these ARTs, um, you know, could really be a game changer. Uh, they've been, I think, in place uh, for spectators who want to watch uh, mixed martial arts uh, since, I think, November last year. And, you know, last Friday, I also, you know, had to go un- undergo the ART myself when I covered one championship's uh, Fists of Fury event. And... Yeah, like you said, you know, it's it's you know, you you, you it, it's a very smooth, efficient process. You you get your swap done. Uh, you know, I had a coffee uh, after that, and you know, twenty minutes later, I get my notification that, you know, um, I was I was clear to to, to enter the arena. So, you know, that that could um, you know, and and they've they've been uh, quite a number of events so far already. MMA, like you you mentioned recently, tennis, uh, SPL as well has has done ART, and you know, so far. Um, there, there hasn't been any problems and, and it could really be the way forward. In terms of the 
atmosphere what 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 was it like in the arena and, and do you think that you know what you uh, encountered will be almost like the new norm for for live sports mm, the atmosphere was pretty muted i think first it was because there were only 250 people in a 3000 seater ocbc arena and each group was spaced out quite a bit so because as i mentioned earlier there's a maximum of four people in a party and each party uh had to sit at least 1 meter apart and alternate rows were used as well and i think by the nature of the sport tennis is a relatively quieter sport than yeah. others if you like if you compare it to maybe a singapore slingers basketball match where there are over 2000 people and screaming during the game of course it was a bit different and also the audience were kind of told not to shout because of covid restrictions and stuff so all they could do was clap and that's what contributed to the atmosphere being a little bit muted as well but it was still good to see them like uh clapping and i think some people they couldn't resist shouting sometimes so during <laughs> the semifinals between uh Marin Cilic and Alexei Popovin some people were shouting go poppy and Alexei actually mentioned it in his press conference later that uh those shouts of go poppy actually sort of spurred him on as well uh after his win now if you like what you're hearing so far subscribe to hashtag #game of two halves on apple podcasts spotify or google podcasts like us and give us a rating on to the second half of our show where st's laura chia will share with us more about the singapore tennis open so laura you mentioned um popirin you know and 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 a few fans in the stands uh you know cheering him on Uh, was he the the number one fan favorite? Who were the fans generally rooting for? Um, during the semifinals, I think most of them were actually rooting for Chilich because he's, after all, sort of the biggest name who came. But I think they were also half of them were also rooting for the underdog, which was Alexi. And after he won, he still got uh, quite a big applause from everyone for the performance that he put up. During the finals, it was sort of split down the middle because. Um, most people came more to watch a good game of tennis because i don't think a lot of people knew exactly who alexander bublik and alexi popovin were so they mm-hmm. could just um base their thoughts on how these two players have been performing over the week and both had been doing quite well they were serving well they could return well so i i would say it was pretty much split down the middle but maybe alexi had a little bit more of an edge because there were a few Australians in the stands shouting go poppy as well during the semifinals. Yeah, no, I I I've had friends who who attended the, the tennis final and and they were saying that you know Popperin really caught their eye and that he's really got a good potential. What do you think? You think how how good do you think Alexei Popperin is and and how far can he go you think? Yeah, I think um he has a lot of potential to go on to do even greater things and I believe today he reached the career high of 82 and last year he admitted that he didn't have a really good year and he was not afraid to say it. so he said that in pre-season he has also been working on a lot of other things and besides that was his uh, mental strength as well and he said during the tournament um it really came through and you could see sort of how mature he was because when he was playing against Chilic he was he was actually 4-1 down in the first set but after that he managed to um pull himself together told himself to remain level headed and he managed to bring it up to a tiebreaker in the first set in the second set it was a pretty close game as well and to do that against chilich who is of course the 2014 us open 
um, champion. Yeah, and um, Alexei is only 21, but I think he has displayed a very mature performance over the past week against Chilich and in the final against Alexander Bublik as well. After he went down a set, he didn't let that get to him. He pulled himself together and regrouped for the second and third set. And in the end, he dropped only two games and eventually won the title as well. And it was his first title. So I would say that it's pretty much um, safe to say that he will be moving on to greater things and will possibly get even more titles. So were there any Singaporean players uh, in action and and how did they fare? Yeah, two Singaporean players, Shahid Alam and Roy Hobbs, got a wild card each to compete in the qualifying for the singles. And both of them also got a wild card to compete as a doubles pair in the main draw. Um, both did okay considering that uh, the other players were ranked much higher than them and have had more experience in playing international tournaments. For Shahid, it was his first ATP tournament and even though he, uh, he lost both games, he said that there were a lot of positives to take away from this such as um, the experience he felt and the fact that this actually motivated him to want to play in more ATP events. So that was one of the positives that he took away from it. Could, could, could we see another you know, high-level ATP event like this in Singapore sometime in the near future? Maybe. I think Singapore has done a pretty good job of um, pulling this off. And this was all to sort of build a relationship with the ATP so that more events could be held here. But one of the ATP, the vice presidents mentioned that they were not necessarily looking to increase the number of permanent licenses in this area. So it would depend on whether a current host city decides to stop holding the tournament or if the contract of a current tournament ends, then maybe they would look into Singapore. But I think that having hosted this during the pandemic to give the players more chances of playing would definitely put Singapore on ATP's radar to host a tournament in the future. So there are a host of um, factors, but but you know there is a chance, and let's hope things work out for for the ATP in Singapore in the future. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sas. And there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. Don't forget, you can listen to our hashtag Game of Two Halves podcast on demand on audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.